Welcome to the Vaughn Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO, Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Dan. Good to be here. Chris, it's good to have you back. Um, it's been a couple of weeks uh, since our last conversation. We had a little bit of you know, some travel going on, and, and I think this might be you know, one of the longest stretches we've recorded without, excuse me, without recording in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Um, and it seems as though uh, while we've been on the road, uh, the wheels have completely fallen off the market. So, <laughs> um, but I want to jump into a couple of questions with you this morning. So, you know, we're looking out at market volatility, and you know, it's continued to remain elevated. Um, you know, we're starting to see inflationary impacts on earnings estimates. Uh, retailers, they're slashing estimates. Uh, credit spreads are starting to widen. You know, the S&P 500 was down over 4% yesterday. Um, it's down again today. You know, we're, we're approaching, uh, you know, down about 18% year to date. Um, you know, it's ugly. It seems like there's almost no end in sight. Uh, my questions for you are, you know, how, how far advanced is the U.S. equity market in discounting the economic slowdown? Um, and Beyond that, you know, is there is there anything that you can give us a little hope on? Yeah, um, you know, I think we're still fairly early in discounting the slowdown. I think all we've really begun to do is acknowledge that, you know, we've burst the liquidity bubble. We're seeing that play out through crypto and, and meme stocks and, and companies that, quite frankly, don't have a business model that's sustainable. And that's where the bulk of the damage is. And now it's starting to spread into other areas of the market. Um, that have been leaders, whether it's the Home Depots or uh, uh, retailers such as Target or Kohl's, where, you know, consumer spending has been quite strong. Um, You know, there was a lot of excess stimulus. Um, We've been overly reliant on what I think have been artificial growth drivers for a number of years, and we're just moving into a new regime. So I still think it's incredibly early. We haven't even seen the Fed to begin to reduce their balance sheet. Um, it's very clear the Fed put is gone and it should be gone. And you know that's a part of the healing process. Unfortunately, we've relied on it for so many years that uh, moving through to a new sustainable growth model is probably going to prove to be uh, a little bit painful and could be for some period of time. So I still think we're early. We've got to reset earnings expectations for the back half of the year. We need to reset uh, capital availability and cost to capital. Um, and, you know, we've just begun that process. We're starting to reduce earnings estimates a little bit. We've seen multiples come in, uh, but I don't, think we're, I don't think we're done yet. Right. So short on hope so far, huh? Yeah, short on hope okay. so far. Uh, you know, as, as the equity market sell-off, it's, right, it's continued to gain steam. Um, but we've also seen U.S. Treasury yields. They appear to be peaking. Um, we've seen a bit of a decline in real yields. You know, so don't you think that the, the decline in real yields provides some support to the equity market? They will when we get to um, a level uh, where we're not continuing to downgrade earnings expectations, growth, and margins, and, and things such as that. But you also got to look at real yields from two perspectives. You know, there's positive reasons for real yields to, to fall, and there's negative. And unfortunately, we're seeing the negative side of that, which is slowing growth and, and, and slowing, you know, kind of reflationary expectations. Um, and so, unfortunately, those negative reasons are further uh, fuel for an equity market correction. So we're not quite at the point where the lower uh, real yields will be a benefit to the market. And I, I will take the under. I just don't think the, the market and the Fed can raise rates as much as what's implied into the, the forward curve. Um, and so I think, you know, I think we're done raising rates this year. I think the slowdown will be significant enough. And hopefully, 
uh, inflationary pressures that we're starting to see roll over continue so that the Fed doesn't have to overly tighten. But make no bones about it. The, the Fed's job at this point is to make the sovereign look like it's financeable, and that's very difficult to do um, in a higher interest rate environment. So they're not they're not a buffer yet. They may become a buffer later in the year, but right now lower yields aren't going to be a buffer for the equity market. Um, and um, the kind of next question is, is posed to you, you know, based off the idea of, you know, it looks like we're headed into some type of re- recessionary period. Um, and, you know, in prior recessions, we've seen, you know, excess buildup in specific sectors, right? Something like housing or commodity investments, right? Um, but currently, you know, households seem to be in, in pretty good shape. You know, if you if we were to experience a recession, you know, what excesses do you think need to be recessed? Yeah, unfortunately, <clears throat> it's kind of more insidious this cycle, because the excess we're going to recess is the over reliance on monetary policy, and the over reliance on uh, deficit expanded uh, federal government spending to drive economic growth. Really since 2017, we really haven't been able to generate positive, real GDP growth without expanding federal deficits. And we've gotten to the point where those expanding federal deficits now have a negative multiplier, and we've only been able to finance them through quantitative easing. And that's led to what we're seeing right now, which is excessive inflationary conditions. So we have to recess the excess liquidity. We have to recess the the dampened volatility that we experience. We have to recess the extraordinarily low real yields. Um, and so it's it's going to be pretty pervasive. We're going to see it in valuations. Um, we're going to see it in potentially needing to shrink deficits, which could be quite an issue uh, because it does mean GDP growth shrinks and it may mean, you know, higher tax taxes and the, the political uh, battle to close deficit spending. So I don't think it's going to be um, as, as simple a recession should we move into one, because what we're going to recess is the underlying drivers of the economic growth and, more importantly, equity valuations for the last 10 years, um, unless we try to go back to the old model, which is we're just going to re, re, rerun QE to fund the deficits, fund the growth, and just accept a higher level of inflation. And politically, I don't think that's possible right now. So I, I think the what we're going to recess is going to be fairly difficult for uh, risk asset valuations. And as you're thinking about this, is there a roadmap that you're using to determine what, you know, when the slowdown is fully priced in or, or whether this will be extended correction? Um, you know, do you think this could potentially be something that, that crosses through multiple years? And now I'm thinking more along the lines of you know, 2000 to 2003. Yeah, I think it's very possible that what we see is a multi-year adjustment. Um, you know, this initial phase is we need to recognize that all we're doing is removing the COVID stimulus. So we talk about the households being in great shape, but yet real disposable incomes down almost 20% year over year. And, you know, employment is incredibly strong right now. Wage gains have been incredibly strong. All those are lagging indicators. And so what are we going to do? We've taken the stimulus off. Real income growth is falling. We're seeing inventory builds. And so we're going to kind of retreat back to pre-COVID conditions for the economy and for consumer spending. Then it becomes, how are we going to grow from here? And that's where I think you get this multi-year adjustment of we have to have a shift in behavior with the federal government and the private sector. I don't think investors yet realize 
that at, you know we're going to see deficits widen as tax receipts fall. Uh, we, we've lost probably twenty trillion and and and. Uh, in real asset value that's going to have a negative wealth effect. And so we're going to see deficits widen, and there's not enough GDP growth to fund those widening deficits without crowding out the private sector. So, you know, it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a multi-year adjustment here. How that plays out through the equity market is really going to depend on uh, policy choices and policy decisions. But yes, we're definitely in a situation where we could see these adjustments play out through multiple years. Unlike 2000 and 2003, where you saw a fairly sharp decline in, you know, the uh, in the market, and it continued almost straight down for two or three years, I expect this to be more of a give and take. Um, it, we're going to see pockets of strength, pockets of weakness, um, and so we may see series of rolling tops or, you know, lower highs and lower lows as we go through it. But it's, ultimately, it's going to just depend on policy choices at the federal level and also at, at you know, with our Federal Reserve. All right, good. Well, good to have you back, Chris. Um, thanks for the insights in the last couple of weeks, what we've seen. And um, we will have you back on here soon, given how quick things are moving. Sounds good, Dan. Thanks. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson and, or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws. Securities discussed within this podcast may be held in the Von Nelson strategies.